Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. Welcome back to another episode of Faked Guys. This one is going to be an awesome one again, just like every other episode prior to this one, of course. And again, there's over 100 of them. I'm super happy to get that out there. But if you guys are new to the episodes, then uh, welcome. Thank you guys for being here. If you're coming from TikTok, uh, leave a comment over there. I'd love to hear from you. Just uh, hear what you guys think about everything. So Without further ado, let's jump into this one. This is all about fake movie props. Now, if you are on my TikTok, I just did an episode all about fake bags of chips called Let's. And uh, that's an interesting video in itself. Check it out. If you just listen to the podcast, check that out. It's more of a visual component. And I will be making more about the actual uh, examples we go about how some of TV and movie props are made. So first of all, we always like to look over why things even have value. So this one's an interesting one because it's really not like, there's no deceit in this one. I mean, I guess you're like deceiving the audience, but everybody knows that this stuff's fake. Nobody thinks that the things are real, but they do such a good bang up job in order to you know, just make it look as real as possible to make you feel immersed into it. So let's talk about movie props and what the heck are they. So everybody knows um, what a movie is. People know what it is. So there's a lot of iconic props in history. There's the horse head from Godfather. There is Dorothy's shoes from The Wizard of Oz. And a lot of these um, are actually in like Smithsonian's and stuff like that. Like it's nuts. Well, I think there's just like one Smithsonian. I think, right? Washington D.C. I've been to it, but I don't remember if there were multiple ones. But anyways, um, we got lightsabers from Star Wars, and these things go for millions of dollars. So there is definitely reason to fake them. So that might be a whole nother episode. But we're actually just talking about. The fake stuff in the movies to make it look convincing when, in reality, lightsabers do not exist. I hate to break it to you guys. Dorothy's shoes don't exist. I guess the shoes do exist, um, but the world of Wizard of Oz doesn't exist. And I guess horse heads do, but um, Godfather, that is something in Godfather. But, okay, so film props basically just offer a huge thing from genre to genre, like, just to make them believable. So... A sheriff's badge obviously is super iconic uh, within a Western genre, but would look crazy in Star Wars. You'd see that and you'd be like, what the? Or wooden tarnation? That's probably what you'd say. But um, we have to have props that go with the genre. It kind of sells things. Um, the golden ticket in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Obviously, that it only makes sense in that movie. The sled in Citizen Kane. And Wilson, the volleyball from Castaway. So it defines character, becomes a symbol in itself. Lots of cool stuff. Um, okay, so what is a movie prop used for? So it sets the time and place, and it can be a key indicator as to when and where a story is taking place. So the setting. So for period piece films, they'll probably indicate the time period throughout the props, technology, aesthetic, or function. Or they, if it's like an invented, invented time period, they just kind of make it up like that steampunk or post-apocalyptic or, yeah, just things of that nature you kind of have to make up and they kind of combine two genres, not genres, two timepieces together in order to make something cool. 
All right, so we need to get through these fast because I actually want to get into the meat of this. So it determines the genre, okay? It associates you with specific props, okay? So it, it's the time location. Prop has to have the ability to represent a genre and create a expectation within the audience. Uh, so you've got spaghetti westerns are synonymous with the cowboy's revolver, while action films boast kind of countless types of weapons from various martial arts and things of that nature. you got John Wick, you got Kill Bill, um, and then for some reason puppets are in a staggering amount of horror films, and then fantasy, fil fantasy films usually kind of hell have a bunch of props that are just mystically present, uh, like the ring from Lord of the Rings. But... That's what gets you immersed into it. So uh, movie props also further the plot. So without them, it wouldn't have anything. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't have any direction. You know, it, would have, it has to have kind of some binding thing, and that's the prop. So the usual suspects, the final scene uh, with the Kobayashi porcelain mug reveals the truth of who done it. And then in Superbad, you got Fogel's McLove and Fake ID becomes an obstacle to overcome. And you got things, one of the, I guess one of the best is the blue pill and red pill from the Matrix. That's like huge. People use that in just normal, everyday language now. Like they don't, they don't even associate with the, um, they don't even associate with the Matrix anymore, it seems like. So next, it's going to define a character. So you got Gandalf with his staff, Captain America with the shield, Indiana Jones with whip and hat. It's just kind of part of who they are, and that's huge. Uh, Darth Vader, I get you get the red lightsaber. So it just really embodies what that what they're trying to portray with that person or character. Um, so it symbolizes themes or concepts. Um, and that's kind of like Inception. Uh, you've got Christopher Nolan using Cobb's totem to represent the film's central concept of kind of dream reality and state. And then you've got American Psycho, which has business cards are used to express the satirical theme of the film. So kind of interesting how something like that can totally just symbolize themes or concepts and they're just pieces of, well, sometimes just paper, which is crazy. So um, there's the types of film props we can go over, which are hand props. Hand props are any prop that's carried by or handled by a character. Kind of a range um, widely from weapons to flashlights or keys. So many other types of props can also be categorized as hand props. Once an, once an actor picks it up, it's pretty much a hand prop. So we can move on from there. Personal props are typically worn by an actor or at least carried by them consistently. So the Avengers, you could look at Hawkeye when he's wearing his bow and arrow. Pretty much always a part of him. So he's just wearing it constantly uh, whether he's using it or not it's just kind of part of his being you've got set props which um i guess we could look at like furniture so you've got like the friends couch you've got Shaun of the dead i guess there was like something associated with the table and uh, video games and the couch next up let's talk about trim props that's t-r-a-m so sometimes actors move toward windows or pictures hanging on the wall and interact with the frames, curtains, or blinds. Those are called trim props, and they're essentially any prop that hangs on the wall that an actor it, like interacts with at all. Okay, so breakaways, these are the last kind of props. Um, breakaways are designed to break on cue or on an action, so they're like bottles. They're usually really brittle and easily shattered, and yeah, just breakaway stuff, fake glass, all that kind of stuff. 
So let's move on to some of the examples of all of the fake stuff that happens in movies and how interesting they are. All right, so there's 17 of them, so we're going to go through them, and I'm excited about it. Okay, so bar fights are more expensive than they look. So when it comes to pricey pop props, bar fights in television and film can get super costly. Okay, so according to Scott Reeder, which is a property master in Austin, Texas, Reader is working on the CW's Walker and has been sharing prop secrets on his TikTok account. So if you want to check that out, it is Scott Prop and Roll uh, at, uh, well, it's at Scott Prop and Roll. Yeah, so that's on a TikTok account. If you want to check out some of those, that seems pretty cool. I might have to go visit that and maybe make some duets or something like that in order to kind of push them so people know what they are. So he told Insider that Breakaway Smashable props could get expensive. Breakaway beer pitchers are about 40 bucks. Beer bottles are about 16 each, and a wine bottle is 30 So that's crazy that it's more expensive to fake it than it is, you know, because most people fake things because it's cheaper. Uh, but these are actually more expensive. So in addition to all the smashing bottles um, viewers see on screen, he also said that the multiple shots used during productions add up quickly. So if a bar fight scene took 20 takes, that's 20 different bottles that they'd have to break and again if we look at it that is $30 each that is a lot of money on breakaway stuff so sugar glass is a convincing prop weapon um, as well for fight scenes so according to Samantha Schaffner a prop supervisor in New York City who has worked on films televisions and theaters real glass isn't used on sets obviously because safety is super important and they don't want stabbing to happen so if a script calls for glass smashing over someone's head, the props crew might call for sugar glass that can be turned into things like wine glass and vases. So basically the sugar glass is dissolved sugar in water heated to a hard crack stage so that when it shatters, it doesn't turn into sharp particles that could hurt somebody. It's more of sugar crystal particle when shattered kind of powders out. Okay, so next we're going to move on to money. So teams ensure fake money doesn't look too realistic by altering the texture and adding optical illusions. So when it comes to fake money, making a prop too realistic can actually come with intense legal repercussions. If you want to check out an episode I did all about fake money, that is uh, much further back. So just type in fake money. I think I did a three-part series on that, and I did one all about prop money, and it's kind of interesting, so check that out. So according to Rich Rappaport, the president of RJR Props in Atlanta, a production can be shut down, and prop makers can get in legal trouble if their money doesn't follow the federal government's stringent rules. So nothing could be copied from real money. That means security features, hologram designs, security threads, the ultraviolet etc. Everything has to be made by hand. There's no copying. So Rappaport said that for he and his team to operate within the strict laws, they create a special optical illusion on their prop money, which you've seen in Logan's Lucky, Ozark, and Fast and the Furious. So when you're holding money approximately 18 inches away or further, it looks completely realistic. That's what he said. So it kind of is perfect for filming scenes at a distance, but um, when you start bringing it closer, the optical illusion changes, and you can clearly see that's not real. And there's actually like three tiers for pop, uh, prop money, too, that I do address in that episode. So go back, check that one out. It's super cool. It's just kind of those inside looks into some world that we're all not familiar with. Um, 
And apparently it may look good, but it doesn't feel good. You can feel the paper in your hand and it's definitely not the same thing. All right, so and then some prop money goes through a faux aging process. So Reader said that um, one of the production tricks that makes money look more authentic on camera um, is this kind of special technique they do. So on the set of Mad Money, which starred Diane Keaton, Queen Latifah, and Katie Holmes, Reader had to replicate $650 million for a high-profile robbery involving the Federal Reserve. So our money had to look really old and battered, Reader said. So um, this is one of those examples of it's a timepiece, you know. It wouldn't be new money. It would be old money in a Federal Reserve that's been sitting around. So they were hand-dipping it into dye to make it look old. So it's they said we dipped it in dye, very watered-down dye, and then put it in the dryer with towels and poker chips. I'm not sure where that recipe came from for aging money is what he said, but that's weird. Yeah, poker chips, that's disgusting because poker chips apparently are famously dirty. Okay, moving on, we're going to talk about fake cocaine, and it was apparently made from powdered milk at one point. So readers said Hollywood wants to substitute fake cocaine with lactose powder, but over time, prop masters discover a safer alternative to powdered milk. Apparently, that's probably pretty dangerous for somebody that maybe has a lactose intolerant, um, maybe as dangerous as cocaine. I don't know. Um, lately, the industry standard for that would be inositol. Um, apparently, it's a white vitamin-like substance, and inositol seems to be the most sinus cavity friendly. So you're kind of getting your dosage, dosage of vitamins there um, through your nose. Interesting. So sometimes actors use sleight of hand to avoid inhaling the powders on set. So fake drugs have come a long way since the days of those lactose powder days, but um, there's still minor risks involved apparently. So for example, actor Jonah Hill said he contracted bronchitis on the set of World of or Wolf of Wall Street after inhaling too much faux cocaine powder in 2013. So while many actors willingly ingest fake drugs, prop masters and suppliers always try to have more practical alternatives on hand just in case the actor isn't comfortable with snorting fake powder into their nose. So if someone is going to snort something, often they use a clear hose that goes down the sleeve of um, their shirt and it's taped to the underside of their hand so it kind of extracts it extracts it that's cool that's pretty interesting so when they supposedly go for the to pinch off their nose on the side of the snort really what they're doing is putting the uh, polyethylene tubing down against the mirror and it's sucking up the white powder so i wonder if there's actually any instances of where somebody caught that okay so next up prop newspapers uh sometimes have a lot more detail than you'd expect so with more and more people pausing television screens to find easter eggs in their favorite shows how you watch? Oh, I guess now because yeah, television shows are on Netflix and stuff. I'm like, how are you pausing live TV? But I guess you had yeah, that's TiVo days. That's pretty old. But it's no surprise that pop de- prop departments want to be as thorough as possible when it comes to creating fake newspapers because you've seen in a lot of new shows. I feel like people are missing things in these multi-million dollar shows. You could see the camera crew on The Last of Us. You could see a cup that was a Starbucks cup left in like a Game of Thrones episode. So. When it comes to faking newspapers, they are getting a lot more exact with this. So Schaffner likes speaking with directors, actors, and screenwriters so that they can weigh in on what type of news stories they'll put on these production. So they actually have to come up with fake news stories as well, kind of going on in that universe, whatever universe it may be. So usually looking to those folks for advice on what major headlines should look like. Um, 
So apparently he likes to be very detail-oriented as it can help just to kind of create the world. Just kind of, you don't want to overlook something if you're trying to make people believe this is real. Okay, so but Reader added that on particularly large-scale productions, the newspaper in the backgrounds aren't typically designed for close-ups, so they're not as intricate. Um, if it's in a background, extra reading, we'll use something that's pre-made, so just maybe something in the L.A. prop houses that's already been existing. Okay, so next up is the real license plates are never used on screen. So every time a license plate is shown in a film or a television, prop masters had to ensure that it doesn't exist in real life. So if they're shooting a street scene, they have to check that every car captured on a camera has a custom license plate where the numbers are cleared, reader said. So there's no one in the world with that license plate. Um, and he makes sure that it doesn't belong to everyone. That's kind of it, or anyone. That's kind of interesting that they took the key to detail. Because, yeah, people can look up people through their license plates. You can do checks on them. So, interesting. Okay, so when it comes to fake babies, other experts are usually involved. So, when a script calls for a prop baby, production companies often call on specific experts within that industry. So, apparently, there are a handful of people that do nothing more than make babies, he said. Um... Interesting. That sounds different than what it is. He said, uh, there are real strands of human hair that they use. Um, they use a glass for the eyes, and they're all hand-painted. So prop babies are so realistic that they often feel uncanny and creepy. They look exactly like real babies. He said, the expression on their faces, the way they sleep, the way they have their thumb in their mouth, and all sorts of things, you can't tell the difference. I guess I really never realized they were fake babies. I just thought they were like well-behaved babies. But apparently, they can be really realistic and really creepy. So real food can be used for food fights. Uh, this is the next one. Sorry, I jumped into this one too early. Wasn't a lot of information on the baby one. But the menu is carefully chosen within the wardrobe department. Um, and they got to keep got to make sure the wardrobe department is in mind, apparently. So... While apparently this, while this guy was working on Friday Night Lights, Reader said that he needed all hands on deck after an episode called for a massive food fight. So when he was ordering the food for that, it was like going in, um, it was like trying to go dry stuff that wasn't like wet, uh, sloppy stuff that was going to ruin people's wardrobes. Because yeah, if you weren't ruined a wardrobe and maybe they weren't going to be able to make an exact copy of it, then it was gone. I mean, maybe people wouldn't notice and you could make a lookalike. So you had to be really, apparently you have to be really careful about what you're using in a food fight. That's a good point. You don't want spaghetti sauce. You don't want pudding. So yeah, it looks like they were looking for salad, bread, burgers, basically things um, that are easier to clean up and less invasive to clothing. So um, apparently, yeah, mashed potatoes is a big no-no is what they were saying. Okay, so many props like chip bags and pianos are designed to be as quiet as possible. So most props like beach balls and frying pans are designed to be as quiet as possible so that sound effects can be added in post-productions. For noisier props, um, I'll do, uh, well, this is him quoting, I'm quoting Schaffner here. I'll do things like add felt inside of something, um, describing a gutted piano that she once used on a set. So she added that in order for the piano keys to be pressed down and to not hear a kind of click, they had to put felt on all the undersides of the hammers of the piano. So when it comes to particularly noisy items like chip bags, chip bags and stuff, Schaffner said that they were typically made of a totally different material. So there are companies that make vinyl 
plastic bags and vinyl paper bags that reduce up to 90% of the sound that still look like paper bags. So that's why you've seen in like Lay's commercials and stuff how the chip bags just look so weird. They don't look like regular chip bags. Like they look terrible. Well, they look good because they don't have the wrinkles, but they look just like so unrealistic. Okay, so making computer servers visible on screen is apparently incredibly difficult. So um, Rappaport, who recently provided props for WandaVision, said that using real computer servers was more challenging than most viewers actually realize. So to make real servers usable for television and film, you have to replace standard light bulbs and LEDs and displays with those that can be filmed. So the frequencies of the light that are used in filming are different than normal light bulbs nowadays. So he also added that the um, it was a difficult process involved taking out LEDs on all the servers and replacing them with film-ready LEDs and lights. Because if you know LEDs, when you're filming them, it especially in a, like a slower film, like if you do, a, I don't know, 120 frames per, frames per second, it blinks. Like it looks like blinking. It's really weird. So they had to put film-ready LEDs in. Um, and it makes... It may, t- it may look easy, I guess, when you see it on TV and you see computers with interesting flashy lights and things like that, but it's much more complex than you can imagine having to change out all the electronics and making them usable. So they pretty much have to remake a lot of these computers and stuff. Pretty crazy. All right. Next, let's talk about fake medication um, and how it can be made from gelatin capsules or sugar pills. So when a script calls for a character to take medication, the actor does a harmless replica of the real thing. So if somebody's popping pills, they're using placebo. I think we all kind of assumed that. Uh, you can buy empty gelatin tablets or capsules that are colored off of Amazon. Um, it's also typical for actors to chew and swallow sugar pills, which come in all shapes and sizes. They've got different types, blue, white, oval, oblong, round. They've got everything from prop trucks. Interesting. So that is how they do Pills. Okay, so fake cigarettes are relatively simple to make, but imposter marijuana buds are more challenging. So cigarettes and joints are commonplace on film and TV, but manufacturing fake marijuana is a lot more difficult than viewers might expect. So there's herbal cigarettes for cig- or, or yeah, herbal cigarettes for cigarettes, but um, if it's supposed to be marijuana, there uh, I guess there's herbal blends that you can get out of Los Angeles that look like it, and when you roll it, a lot of time. Uh, well, they'll just take the herbal tobacco that's nicotine-free and addictive-free. So they kind of have to find interesting replacements. So Rappaport said that making realistic-looking marijuana that's not wrapped in a joint can be very challenging to fabricate. Let's see how they do that. So fake marijuana buds are one of the most difficult drugs that they do. Um, it's something that grows in South America, and it's given the texture and the feel that looks apparently the way they need. But it's blended with a lot of other things, so... It's just a very, very difficult process. A small batch takes about 12 hours. People have no idea how time-consuming. So they had a bunch of fake marijuana buds in um, Pineapple Express. So interesting. Okay, so any prop that needs to look old is hit with an aging kit. So we already talked about this with the money. I think this is going to be different, though. So when props need to be aged, they hit them with that aging kit. Um, if all of a sudden they say, I want this actor to have a duffel bag, well, they'll run to the store, get the duffel bag, but you don't want it to look brand new. And if it's supposed to look like it's a character that has had it for a couple years, they got to bring it through this process. So using the kit, um, I guess reader and his team do things like hit the object with a sock filled with different colors of clean dirt. This helps the object kind of look older. And then they'll hit it with sandpaper just to kind of wear it down. 
they'll do whatever it needs to kind of get it to where it needs to be. All right, next up is coffee cups are often weighed down to look more realistic. This is something that drives me crazy is when in movies, it clearly looks like there's nothing in it. Like they're easily just moving it up and down. It looks like it's non-weighted. So it's good that they're actually addressing this. So when a TV character holds a coffee cup on screen, viewers at home sometimes question, yeah, question whether the cups are actually full. But according to the pros, cups are typically weighed down by something, even if it's not coffee. Um, so if it's a main character drinking out of a coffee cup, they put liquid in it. Um, it may not be coffee, but maybe it'll be tea or something like that. But when it comes to background extras, Reader said he used a special silicone mixture to make coffee cups appear heavier, but main characters obviously have the priority on that one. So uh, even if we never see what's inside the Deco cup, they'll weigh it down just to make sure it looks right. I think that's super important because people are sometimes really unconscious of what's in their hands and they'll do like a, a quick movement and nothing will come out. And you'll be like, what the heck? What the heck was that? I'm, you know, I'm done. Okay, so fake alcohol. It comes in a, an array of flavors and colors. So readers said that the wine and champagne could be easily swapped out with drinks like sparkling grape juice, diet ginger ale, and even something called de-alcoholized wine, which I have had before. It's actually pretty good. My wife had it when she was pregnant. So while hard liquor entails a bit more fine-tuning, when an actor takes a shot on screen and grimaces, the reaction is usually pure acting. It's not actually something that makes them respond that way. They say, act like it's whiskey, he added, but uh, you know they don't want to be drinking something rancid. Okay, so Reader added that his secret to a convincing bottle of whiskey was pretty simple. They do two drops of caramel coloring in a standard 20-ounce bottle of water, and actors always seem to dig the caramel coloring, and it's all about keeping the actors happy. Um, so yeah, that, it's really interesting stuff. That was pretty much all I had. Um, I didn't want to get too crazy into it, because I feel like there's probably a ton of examples we could go through, um, especially in this topic, because there's a ton of movies and a ton of shows. But uh, guys, yeah. And again, if you're not following me on TikTok, please do that. I do a lot of interesting stuff on the side just to keep things interesting. And I'm glad that that has actually resulted in you guys listening to this. And I thank you guys. Without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. So remember, with faked items, there are those that produce them, those that purchase them, and those that listen to this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.